Welcome to the Sustaining Healthy podcast, a collection of informative discussions around all aspects of health and lifestyle. We're your hosts. I'm Chels, coffee lover and corporate professional who recently realised there's a lot to learn about health. I'm Ellen, doctor, nutritionist and dog mum with an interest in preventative and female health. Join us as we chat about a new topic each week and attempt to navigate the complex landscape of health. Together we wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we are recording, the Wadjuk people. And just a reminder, our intention for this podcast is to share information for creating and sustaining a healthy lifestyle. And although the information discussed is based on knowledge gained through a medical and additional studies, it is general in nature and for educational and entertainment purposes. It is not intended to be in any form specific medical advice or recommendations or replace any form of treatment. All health queries and concerns should always be sought through your treating health practitioner with regards to your individual circumstances. The opinions in this podcast are solely of those of the individual and do not in any way reflect those of their employers or training facilitators. Hello everyone, welcome back to episode three of Sustaining Healthy. How are you going, Chels? I am good. I've been flat out again. I feel like I said that last week, but it's been another busy week. But I had a lovely chill weekend, which, do you know what? I'll just launch into my health win already. My health win for the week is that I took some R&R time this weekend and spent some lovely downtime with my family. How are you and what was your health win, Elle? I'm good. Yeah, same here. It's been a busy week at work. It's my last week in palliative care, which has been really good learning and I've really enjoyed the job. Um, So heading back to the hospital next week, which will be a bit of a change. My health win for the week this week would have been last weekend on the long weekend. I went for the most beautiful hike Overnight I on the Bimini track. It was really fun and it was exactly why I needed a little bit of time in the wilderness. It was very, very cold. It got to about <laughs> three degrees and my sleeping bag was not up to it. But it was, yeah, really beautiful. Ooh, what section did you do? Uh, Mount Cook, just out of Perth. Yeah, it was so stunning. And just a reminder that getting that fresh air, getting away from the busyness of... Perth and life and the to-do lists was mm. can be really helpful. Yeah, mm. great. I think I, I wouldn't mind doing that. I'll come on your next one. Great. We'll start planning. <laughs> so, Chelsea, I thought this week we could have a bit of a chat about what we know, what we've learnt, what helps us in the areas of goal setting and habits. Great. And I know you sent me some notes, so I'm just trying to pull them up. <laughs> Perfect. But let's just keep it casual because both of us have spent times in our life where we've been embarking on new journeys when it comes to habits and I'm regularly setting goals, personal and professional, so something I'm keen to speak to. Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting to have your perspective from both a work side of things as well and, and how that fits in with making healthy habits and goals as well. All right, well, let's start with goals um, and then that can probably lead us nicely into habits and how we can 
use them to accomplish our goals. Yes, sounds good. So in terms of, I guess, what a goal is, is that it's setting something that we're trying to accomplish. I think you would definitely be able to explain this in more detail, but people might have heard of SMART goals. And so that's a way that we could define the things that a goal might have or needs to have. So it has to be specific. So whether that's health or whatever it is, it's specific to one particular thing. So for example, say wanting to read each night, that's a specific thing. Um, Measurable, so how, whether that's time or frequency, a way of measuring that you're achieving that goal. Um, that it has to be attainable. So I think that can be something that's really important when we're thinking about goals that it's able to be achieved and so that we're setting ourselves up for success rather than for failure. Um, it's to be relevant and important to you and then able to be tracked. Have you, yeah, what's your experience with SMART goals and Okay, so SMART goals are important and it is the correct way to set a goal, but it's not a topic that excites me. I'm not going to lie. Whenever I hear something that's a smart goal, I'm like, oh, it totally. sort of makes me almost want to snooze. But it is important. And in work, I set them regularly and align them with KPIs I have to hit. And then I think a really good thing with goal setting is to share that with someone and have someone keep you accountable. I should do that more in my personal life. But just to give an example of how a smart goal would translate to like your personal health life. Um, often on New Year's Day, a lot of us will be like, I'm totally going to exercise more this year. Whereas if you wanted to make that into a smart format, you'd be like, I'm going to go to the gym twice a week at this time for the next three months. I mean, I just plucked that off my head, but I think that would hit, that would hit a lot of the targets. So it's basically being a bit clear. It's having a way of checking your accountability and often putting it in a time frame is a good idea. Yeah, I definitely agree. I also have found, um, so if I were to sit down and think about my goals and I divide them into one, the different aspects of my life. So yes, professional, health, personal. So for example, today, if we're talking about health goals, you might have particular goals with reference to exercise or quitting smoking or reducing your alcohol or increasing your nutrition, things like that. So if I, for example, if we took the exercise one, I find that it's also really helpful to break that down into your short, medium and long-term goals. So um, for example, someone wanting to start running and and they had had their health check were cleared to be running um, and hadn't been before then I think you could have a, say, long-term goal of completing a particular race or, say, a half marathon, but then you're not going to go from not running to a half marathon, and so you have to break that down and then figuring out what are going to be your ways of measuring that and then what your ways each day are going to be to be tracking it and working towards that goal. That reminds me, I mean, you can probably run like a marathon anyway, but that reminds me of the app Couch to 5K. Do you yeah, know that one? Yeah. Where, and this is this is often good, it breaks it down for you. So it tells you how many like meters to run versus walk. 
and it actually staggers that so that you're not just suddenly trying to run 5Ks, which I did once and I was really sore. It wasn't a good idea, <laughs> yeah. but it actually staggers it and breaks it down for you. And I think that's a good way and a good frame of mind when we come to our goal is to think, how can I break it down um, and achieve it? without injury yeah for sure and that's also like different there are lots of different apps um for keeping track of goals or using something you know old school like a journal or a diary but ways that you can set that goal write it down but also tick it off I find really helpful because you get that sense of achievement another thing that I've seen people or and I've done myself in that can be make or a mistake that I've noted done before with making goals is trying to I guess rush that process and jump from from nothing to expecting you're going to be able to do something say five days a week of an hour of exercise or whatever it is that and really breaking it down so that you're setting yourself up for success so I really like with say with movement if we're using that example of one planning out in your diary when that like you said having the set time that you're going to do it and blocking it out in your diary but also making that time a short amount of time so that you know you're going to be able to succeed so whether that means starting off with five or ten minutes of movement a day you're setting yourself up to be able to achieve it which then motivates you to keep improving it and gradually improving it rather than going I can't you know I've set myself a goal of an hour two hours of exercise I can't it's not manageable or obtainable and then you end up feeling like you failed which is just not the case so I like what you were saying about short medium and long-term goals and that actually reminds me I recently met with a financial planner and one of the first things they asked me well what are my short, medium, long-term goals? Like, where do I see my finances in one, five, 10, and 30 years? And I actually couldn't straight out answer a lot of that. So I think it's really good every now and then to stop and reflect on a few areas of your life and think, what actually are my goals and are my behaviors on track to get me there? And I think that's something we can encourage our listeners to do. So think about your, perhaps your just general well-being and maybe also your physical health and maybe also your mental health and think, do a stock take of where you are now and then where do you want to be in one, five, ten years? And are your behaviours actually helping you to get there or are they sending you backwards? Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think that also speaks to how particularly around health behaviours, there's so much of diet culture is quick fixes and short-term you know, eight-week challenges or things like that that don't necessarily set us up for setting those goals and those behaviors that are going to be more longer term. And then I think also with fitting in with what you're saying is when you're doing that reflection, you're also figuring out your whys. And I think that can be really important because if your why or your reason for wanting to have that goal or that behavior change isn't something that's really motivating to you, then I think it can be really hard to continue that behavior or to want to achieve that goal, if that makes sense. That does make sense. And actually, that reminds me, I was on a health kick last year and I found a photo of me from five years ago when I had like my favorite body I've ever had. And I printed out a photo for that to be like my motivation, like that's my why. But every time I see it, I just think, damn, I look good. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't actually end up being as motivating because I 
But yeah, and the so, idea behind it was that I was reminding myself of my why. And I think so many we see a lot of um, people wanting to change health behaviors for external reasons, particularly around weight loss, thinking that a number on a scale is going to be their motivator. But like you said, it often isn't. It's not. That doesn't determine whether someone feels good in themselves or feels happy or determines whether they're healthy mentally or physically. So I think if you can have that deeper reason why, it can be Mm. a lot more beneficial. And so whether it is, I want to feel healthy when I'm playing with my kids or I want to be able to join my walk with my close friends every week or whatever it is, but I think it it needs to be deeper than something Mm. that's, uh, yeah, superficial. And obviously, like, we can't avoid all illness and accident, but there can also be the habit or the goal, sorry, of, like, I want to be around for my kids and my grandkids in years to come. Like, you can't guarantee that, but there are things you can do to make it more likely that could happen. Yeah. I like what you said about finding your... Why? Because I was reading an article a while ago that was talking all about how motivation comes and goes. But if you have that deep drive because you know your why, you're more likely to stick to it. Actually, I know where I heard that. Are you familiar with David Goggins? No. Okay, so he is a Navy SEAL um, that's overcome so much adversity and he's gone through the whole Navy still training like multiple times, broken his legs, and he's really like mentally insanely strong. Anyway, he has an audio book. I think it's called Can't Hurt Me. It's pretty intense, for, but if anyone wants like some insane motivation, okay, he's really good for it. Interesting. Mm, and I think the last thing I probably wanted to cover talking about goals is that we can have goals in lots of areas of our life and, and want to achieve lots of different things, But it's also really important to enjoy the journey and to have those moments along the way that you're really happy with where you're at and to take stock when you do achieve goals because we can also get in that cycle of I've achieved this, then what do I achieve next and not also be in that moment. And also that goals can change and we might, um, you know, those reasons why might change through our year or through the lifetime. And so it's okay for you not to achieve every goal that you have or that for things to change as well. Mm. I want to give you an example of when I set a really small goal and like, you know that, you know that cheesy saying that's like, it's one day or day one. Anyway, on New Year's Day this year, I decided to start learning Spanish, but I didn't really know what my end goal would be, but I stuck to it. And I've done like about five minutes a day and I'm almost 150 days in now. That's amazing. Yeah, and it's just kind of like I started and I never had these huge, huge goals. I just thought I'd do a little bit every day. Also, because it kept telling me that I had a streak going. (laughs) I didn't want to sacrifice that. But here I am and those tiny little bits every day have added up. Yeah, and see, that's the the really important thing about that breaking it down because I'm sure if 150 days ago I said to you, can you do Spanish for 150 days, that would have seemed overwhelming. But you broke it down into that small amount each day and then the focus is just on ticking that five minutes off at a time and I think that is so applicable to any behaviors that we want to change you are spot on because the year before I thought I'm going to give up coffee for the whole year and I lasted six days so it was too it was too big of a goal yeah whereas if I had said like I'm going to give up coffee for two weeks I reckon I would have done it 
or even just reducing by one cup or something like that. Yeah, no, I'm an all all or nothing person. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. (laughs) Well, I guess that leads pretty well into the fact that you've created a habit there. And so we could talk a little bit more about habits. I was doing some reading about the research around habit formation. And like you said, you know, days, some days you have motivation to do things. This morning, for example, I did not have the motivation to get out of my warm bed into the cold weather. And so if we can make something a habit, it's a lot easier for us to do those behaviors because you're not relying on motivation. And so habits are things that we do that we don't have to, I guess, consciously think about doing. They're things that we are repetitive and we do every day and they're just part of our routine. So they take less of that thought and motivation and and planning. Mm -hmm. And they can be as simple as like brushing our teeth every day. That's very much a habit. You just Mm -hmm. generally go and do it. Yeah, and one thing I find interesting is that Habits take away the need to make a decision. So I think I feel like a lot of us would know that by the time you get home from work and you probably flop on the couch and you start scrolling your phone and all that, your willpower to decide what's for dinner and all that is just like less than normal because you've had a big day at work or you've had to do a lot during the day. So most of us notice that our decision fatigue exists throughout the day. By the end of the day, it's harder. So by actually incorporating habits – you're able to keep functioning and getting more stuff done because you don't have to think about it as much. That's what I find so interesting about habits, like brushing your teeth, although sometimes I can't be bothered, but I still do it because I would feel uncomfortable if I didn't because that's like ingrained in me now. So I find it really interesting, yeah, when you just stop to think about habits. Yeah, definitely. And then it also feeds into the idea, I don't know if you've heard of habit stacking. Mm. Um, So where if you then link one habit to the next it makes it easier for you to I guess continue that pathway so for example if you set a habit that when you wake up you put your gym clothes on and then or your exercise clothes and that joins into your habit of then that you would always exercise for 20 minutes and then you have a drink of water or when you have your cup of coffee you do something particular and so and it goes on and on but if you then can relink that habit to the next thing it can make it easier for you to continue that path of habits yeah I'll talk a bit about that in a sec but they reminded me you can also have like negative habit stacking I feel like for example I often eat dinner watching TV, which I shouldn't done, although I've read all these articles that say you should stop doing that in your 30s, so we've got a bit of time. I'm still going to keep doing it. But, like, whenever dinner's ready, it's my wind-down time to sit there and watch TV because, like, in my mind, that's the association. It's like dinner TV. So it's so interesting that the habits, they don't always form positively. Those associations can be, like, possibly bad habits, although I shouldn't call it bad. Um the other thing about habit stacking is I have some really rogue examples, but when I first learned about that, what I did is every morning I have a cup of tea. So I decided that whenever the kettle was boiling, I would do sit-ups. That was like a random habit stacking of mine, no matter where I was. Um, Cause otherwise I would forget. So that was my way of forming but that's a habit. A, a great way of getting that tiny little bit of incidental exercise in. But if you do that every day, and that's the thing where I think where like when you're creating these habits or your setting those small snippets but regularly is that doing that every day is far more beneficial than 
doing it for a couple of hours, you know, on a one-off occasion. So you're creating those ways of incorporating it into your day-to-day and then making more long-term, lifelong changes rather than something that's immediate. True. Although I do feel obliged to confess that I got sick of it and just decided not to drink tea anymore. <laughs> if the kettle was boiling, I, mean, I had to do sit-ups. That's one way to avoid your head. <laughs> um, <sighs> now, I'm not going to say too much because I don't know a lot about it, but I do find it fascinating that the actual neurological pathways in your brain like form and reform when you are building habits. So it's so interesting to know that if you can repeat something enough times – your brain actually starts to understand it and predict it. And that's when that auto drive kind of begins to kick in. And like I said, it can reduce your decision fatigue because it just becomes a habit. Yeah, I would love to learn a bit more about that. It's not something that I um, have done a huge amount of learning on. But if we could do a future episode with a psychologist that um, or an expert in that field would be really interesting. Yeah, good idea. So when it comes to habits, is there anything else you want to mention? No, I feel like we've covered a lot of talking about goals and habits. I guess, do you have one takeaway for our listeners that you feel is one of the most important things for you in regards to goal setting and habit formation? I think it's just really useful every now and then, and whether it's after you've listened to this episode or just when it suits you in life, to stop and take some time to set out some goals. Like we all get busy and just forget to do that. But I've actually got one friend who every New Year's Day, she sits down, she has some time alone. She has this huge like A3 piece of paper and she maps out her whole year. She makes it look really pretty so she knows what she wants to achieve. And she's done it for everyone. We all know on New Year's Day we leave her alone because it's her day of planning. And I love that. I have so much respect for her for that. So I think just taking the time. I love that. Mm. I think my biggest takeaway would be the setting yourself up for success, making your small steps to your goals, your small habits really achievable, whether that means five minutes or two minutes. I think that's the most beneficial way for it to be long lasting. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's it from us. So, adios. It's <laughs> what I've learned after okay. 150 days. Perfect. Yeah, we didn't test your Spanish. Um, if you would like to see more of us, you can find us at sustaining.healthy on Instagram or our website, www.sustaininghealthy.com. Of course, we'd love to hear any feedback about the episode or... Um, your healthy habits for the week. And also just letting everyone know that we have a few guests coming on over the next few weeks. So we're really excited to be bringing them to you uh, very soon. If you have enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone that you feel might benefit and like or leave us a rating. We'd really appreciate it. See you next week. Bye. Bye, Chelsea.